Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of The Humanitarian Effect. My name is Val, and I'm the founder of Socially Immersed. I have a background in nonprofits, corporate social responsibility, compassion, management, etc., etc. You will definitely have the opportunity to learn more about me as you continue to follow Socially Immersed. Hi, I'm Linnea, and I am a college student who has been diving into journalism as of recently, and I've been working with Val at Socially Immersed for quite some time now, and we are very excited to have this podcast finally out for you guys. And if you don't know, because somehow you missed the wonderful trailer we put together, the purpose of the podcast is to break down crimes against humanity, give voice to scholars in different fields, inspire selfless acts, and teach you ways to enact your inner humanitarian This is the people's platform, so you can request certain topics to be investigated, as well as suggest people you want to see on the show. And for today's episode, it'll be very lightweight compared to the other things we have coming, but we still hope that it is thought-provoking nonetheless. Before we do get into this episode, I want to make clear that the clip that is about to play is not owned by Socially Immersed. I repeat, the clip about to be played is not owned by Socially Immersed. Social Immersed was not around in 1994 when this interview was conducted. Tupac, may he rest in power, was asked in this interview, what does he feel he is most known for? Acting, his music, or the controversy that surrounds him? And of course, he said the controversy. He was proud of his big mouth. And I personally can agree because y'all have a big mouth and I love it. But I just look at it as I'm expressing my voice and you cannot silence me. But, you know, I also know how to be quiet when necessary. However, Tupac says that he's just telling you how it is. And then by the end of the interview, he makes this next remark. I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish. And because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody going to clean it up. Personally, I think that Tupac made a lot of good points. I think like what you were saying, Val, he has a big voice and he wants he wanted to use it. And he knew that he was the type of person that people are going to sit up and listen to. However, to me, I feel like he is kind of talking about issues that, you know, when he talks about them, he wants people to do something about it. And he wants people to hear what he's saying and have a spark being ignited. However, I feel like that's not really giving yourself the power to actually make those changes. I feel like it's putting the responsibility on others. I'm not saying that that is what Tupac was doing in any way, but I feel like what it kind of suggests is that by just noticing these things around us and by pointing them out, like he says, you know, if I notice how dirty it is out here and I keep talking about someone's going to clean it up, but who is going to be that person to clean it up? That's my question because someone else might not care that it's dirty. You know, it depends on who cares. And this makes me think of the bystander effect where, you know, something horrible is going on and everyone's standing around saying, well, you know, someone else is going to figure it out. Someone else is going to, you know, it's not my responsibility, but it is our responsibility, especially this generation. What do you think, Val? I wonder if there's a way to measure this, if this is measurable, because a lot of artists would argue that they try to intertwine real life within their music, Mm -hmm. but are you really trying or is it performative exactly you know speak out against what's wrong 
I'm not telling you don't do that. We need you to do that. But we don't need you just to do that on social media or on big platforms. You need to be constantly doing this in your daily life. So if you're at the grocery store and you see something that's not right, open your mouth. You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a crowd or you can't get likes or retweets. That's not what this is about. And for me personally, you know, I was just talking with someone who really, really loves music and loves live performances. Well, digital live performances. And for me, it's just don't don't slip in names for like Black Lives Matter, right? Do not put those names in your musical performance and then go on to the next thing and not say anything. It's because not a novelty. Exactly. And it, it just it's so performative to me. Like, and I think that we need to become comfortable calling out everyone who's doing performative things, regardless of race. Yeah, because I think that we've become comfortable with doing it with like, you know, like white people when their businesses are doing it like, oh, my gosh, this is just performative. This isn't solving anything, Mm -hmm. but it needs to be a consistent level of, okay, well, guess what? This black musical artist isn't doing it correctly either, you know, because we believe in fairness. We believe in, you know, we we can't mm -mm. I do not play that double standard thing. So with that being said. This musical artist, he or she will not be named, but they had listed different names or they inserted clips from special like activists from back in the day. And then they went on with their set. So then when I see that, I go look on your Instagram and any other social media you have to see if you're keeping the same energy when I scroll through your stuff. Yeah. And most of the time, you're not. And I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. You posting something on your story, that does not count because that erases in 24 hours. How about you make a post that would be attached to your profile when any brand wants to approach you? Exactly. And then when you're getting approached for brand deals, are you just getting into bed with anyone or are you being strategic about who you're partnering up with? Yeah. Stop partnering up with Fashion Nova if you claim that you love the environment when fast fashion is becoming one of the biggest enemies to the earth. When they are underpaying workers. Keep that same consistency is all I'm asking. And I think that some of these influencers or these artists, they're getting such a glorious eye in the in the public by people. I guess they call them stands. It's like, there's no, nobody's going to be mad at you if you like this person, but still say, hey, I don't approve of this. And this isn't what you said a few months ago. Please be aligned or else that was performative. And that, that is where I would love to start seeing conversations happen. And that is what came to me when I saw that clip, you know, I don't want to see more activists. I want to see more humanitarians. And if you do not know, humanitarian they have the concern of helping to improve the welfare and happiness of people. So they are doing that thing because they want to alleviate that suffrage. But the act, the activists, sometimes, most of the times, it starts with just speaking out. Who wants to just advocate for something? But with the humanitarian, you're also immersing yourself into that thing. So you're constantly learning more as you do something to solve the problem. And I just feel that personally activists you're just bringing awareness to the problem but i think that we are all becoming so aware of how google is helpful to us 
that we can be aware, you know, and we've gotten so comfortable with just sharing posts to stories or, oh, here's a link, go look at this, that it's becoming so saturated. Like me personally, if I see that you have like 10 things on your story, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. However, there could have been something very valuable in there. So there's also the type of energy where people are like, well, I don't want it to, you know, I don't want my, my Instagram, like my Instagram is my um, creative outlet and I don't want it to be too political or, you know, I don't want my followers to, I don't want to lose followers because of my opinions, but it's like, what's the problem? You know, you have a huge platform and I think we're at a point where everything is very extreme and if you are deliberately choosing not to, but recognizing that you could be doing something about this, then you're fake. In your opinion, do you think being a humanitarian, is that putting yourself in a more vulnerable position to actually have to do the mental and like, I don't want to say spiritual work, but the kind of the work on the inside versus an activism where it's, you can do it kind of more of an, an external way. But I feel like being a humanitarian, it's like you have to really face the music and face up to yourself and ask yourself the real hard questions because I feel like it's easier to kind of say oh I you know I I donated or you know I marched the other day or something and that's you know that I checked that box versus being humanitarian you're like what am I doing what lifelong commitments am I making to this I think that is a fabulous question and I agree with that 100 percent it is definitely going to be more work it's going to be more work internally mm-hmm. and it's going to be more work on your mental state, but I think that you will learn or at least social immersion will equip you with the skills so that it isn't so taxing on your mental state because you're going to be exposed to like how much bad goes on in the world. Yeah. However, it's so beautiful when you can like clearly say, oh, I just assessed this problem in at least my city, you know? Yeah. It makes you feel better as well as you're helping people. And I don't know. I just, I yes, I agree. I just definitely agree that it's a lot of more work. And a lot of people aren't up for that work. But if you're not up for that work, then you don't have, you don't get to talk. You don't get to complain. I feel like if you are, if you right now, any of our listeners are sitting here and saying to yourself, there, you know, there's nothing more I can do, more I can educate myself on. There's nothing, you know, like I've done all the work. That's not true. Is there someone that comes to mind when you think about changing the world, like who you feel is just getting it right in your book? I am so glad you asked, Val, because I have a list of some amazing women that I think are just doing the damn thing. First, I want to talk about Miss Greta Thunberg. I don't know how old she is now. She may be like 14, but anyway. Her mission from the beginning has had pure intent. You know, she's like the reason why she did the school strike for climate was not for attention for her it was attention for the environment and if you've heard some of the you know speeches she's given and the how she's like addressed congress and stuff she has you know she's as she's trying to advocate for a generation that is not being heard or seen with this environmental crisis right now um someone else that i find to be really amazing is malala she also you know kind of started this movement in her own country where she was never advocate she was never looking for international acclaim she is she was trying to advocate for equal access to school you know um and they're both just young people who didn't start with a platform they created movements from you know their own countries that started bigger movements another person um 
is Angela Davis, who I saw speak earlier this year, and she's an intersectional feminist who has advocated for many years for many different movements and does not shy away from radicalism. She introduced the Ban the Box movement to my school, and none of us had ever heard of it. She asked this entire auditorium full of college students and people from town and said, have you guys heard of this? And no one knew what it was. And she looked at us and was like, I'm going to teach you right now what that is. And you need to have a ban the box movement on campus right now. And that got started because of Miss Angela Davis. Um, and then one other person is, of course, AOC, who's the youngest woman to ever serve in U.S. Congress. And she at this time, because, you know, I'm about to be. OK, well, at this time, Val better be setting some records of her own. Let's not forget. But for now, she is the youngest woman ever to serve in U.S. Congress. And she also is intersectional in how she fights for a ton of different costs, causes. Medicare for all, the Green New Deal, abolishing ICE. And she's a woman advocating for justice in the male-dominated political world. And I don't mean to be, you know, the person that, or the woman that, you know, only brings up women when I'm talking about people that are enacting change in the world. But I really, you know, I feel like all of these women that I've mentioned, they're success has been downplayed to some extent whether you might not feel like it is you know you might feel like these are names that you hear every day but in the grand scheme of things if these people were men there would you know their success would just be astronomically more you know seen in society i don't know if that's phrased well but i feel like especially naming these women is really important right now no i definitely respect that i mean if you got my list is pretty full of women too um shout out to jasmine crow of gooder she's this wonderful black woman who is using technology to divert waste from landfills but also using it to feed people who are hungry in like the atlanta area especially and i when i tell you i was just so blown away by her podcast interview that she did and explained like what she does and i was just like wow that's amazing. You are doing this so innovatively. Is that a word? Innovatively? It can be now. Oh, no. it's, it sure is now. But she did it so, like, it was so innovative and so planned and so strategic and effective. And there's ways to measure it, you know, and to make it better. Yeah. And so if you are listening, go check out Gooder, G-O-O-D-R dot co. It's really awesome. I'm not even going to tell you about it. No more. You just got to go. And hopefully we can get her on the podcast because that'd be great. That would be amazing. But, believes in transparency. Do you feel that you are doing enough? And what area or areas do you want to dive deeper in? I feel like personally, I have been kind of given a lot of information and I have been taught a lot of different viewpoints. I'm not going to go into the detail of my entire life. Like in general, I was always kind of a kid that was like, I'm not going to question what a teacher is telling me. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I would have professors or teachers that would, you know, tell me I was bad or something or tell me I was wrong or whatever. And I would just be like, okay, you're probably right. And it's not even so much about like, you know, what I'm good at or whatever. But I feel like oftentimes in classes, I would hear a professor or teacher saying something where I would think to myself, oh, that's a little problematic. Or that isn't exactly what I, you know, think is really right. But I wouldn't say anything because I just was told not to question, uh, you know, question authority. And I feel like, you know, in college, I kind of realized that 
maybe, you know, as a kid, it's a lot harder to, and I think that that's something that people don't really think about, which is why I have so much respect for Greta Thunberg, because she's a young child, and to have her actively question authority every single day is amazing. But it wasn't until, you know, I was an, I am an adult at college where I kind of realized that you should be, you should very much be, you know, questioning everything that you are told. And it's, it's important to be skeptical because if you are not making your own decisions and if you're not, you know, forming your own opinions, then other people will form them for you. And is there a social issue you want to go deeper in? Like, I need to dive more into environmentalism, which, of course, you've helped me a lot with. But I kind of, I feel like it was definitely kind of just something that was constantly told to me as a kid. Like, I grew up in a pretty liberal place. And so people were constantly being like, oh, you know, the environment, we need to save the environment. But I feel like it wasn't really explained, if that makes sense, how much of a dire situation it is until pretty recently. I thank you for your transparency. I thank you for your vulnerability. You know, this is definitely a safe space over here. But there's so many people Mm -hmm. like you, you know. And for me, I just feel that the next step for me and then Socially Immersed as a brand is to equip everyone with the necessary tools, which includes education, Mm -hmm. information, as well as action steps on how you can really grow into your inner humanitarian. Because if you really think about it, going to school and such, you are always governed and nurtured to need someone else. And I don't want you to need someone else. However, I can't just go tell you to go change the world and you not look at me yeah. like, okay, how? What am I supposed to do? What are, what are the indicators that I'm supposed to look at? You know, like I personally see situations differently. You know, I was even telling you earlier before we started recording how a lot of people like to look at how much money Jeff yeah. Bezos has and then compare it to world hunger or American hunger. And in my opinion, why he does have like too much money. One thing you do have to realize is from a financial standpoint, if you see that the country is wasting $250 million annually in food waste and shutting out millions of dollars to nonprofits to fight world hunger, I think that I should be focused on fighting food waste before giving these nonprofits money because we're working against each other and we're never going to solve this issue. And then on a global scale, that is $1.3 trillion annually going yeah, in the trash. That's, that's a lot. You know, and I think that that's just basic critical thinking. So not to say that anyone's dumb. It's just you weren't trained to see that. That's not what school is about. However, that's just what I was passionate about. And I trained myself to see those things. So Socially Immersed will help equip you slash train you to be a better humanitarian so that we can handle these issues in our environments that needs to be solved. It is 2020. There's no reason we should be letting this continue. Yeah, exactly. I think that's like really it for the day. Linnea, do you have anything to leave with everyone before we do go? What do you think Tupac would think or say about what we're doing on this podcast and, you know, socially immersed mission? Mm, that is very good. And you know what? What is that thing about the election you want to leave them with also? The election is coming and we want you to vote. And regardless of who wins, the fight does not stop there. We cannot wait on someone to tell us our next steps. 
we can restore the power within the masses. So please go out and vote. And then come to Socially Merged <laughs> Ready to Work. Vote on what, yep. November 3rd? Then November 4th? All right, Socially Merged, what's the first step for class? And we'll be right there, ready for you. 